joining us, if you're watching or listening, it's, this is episode 24 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. As you must probably know, you can watch us on VIP YouTube, VIP Boxing's YouTube, that is, or search for us on Spotify and iTunes and have a download and have a listen. And if you can leave a comment, we'd appreciate it even more. I'm Steve Lillis and with me, my co-host as always, John Evans. Are you okay, John? Good, Steve. How are you? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm good, pal. I'm good. We had a great weekend of boxing. So, um, we've got, you know, not a good few weeks coming up, I think. You know, quite a couple of weeks and it goes mad again. Um, great guest this week. He's on for the third time. One of my old pals from Box Nation, former WBO World Super Featherweight Champion, Barry Jones. Um, great to see you on Sky last week, Barry. I was made up for my old pal out there, giving it large, <laughs> dressing up like an Essex man with all the blazer and all that in Gibraltar. <laughs> well done, mate. And it's good to see people giving you love on Twitter. I love all that when he's my mate. I, was, I, knew, I knew him when he was... <laughs> He still talks to me. This must be the last time we'll ever have him on the podcast, John. I'm back in two months. Um, but you know, don't be embarrassed, Barry, by still speaking to me. You know, now, now you're a, now you're the king of Sky. With you know, with Andy Scott and all the boys there, and and Eddie. Yeah. You know, don't worry, I'm still your pal. I'll I'll never speak bad of you, John. John might, I won't. <laughs> I can't. So, sorry, so I don't know whether this like I can't. Where, where do we meet again? <laughs> 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 now you're okay mate you have a good week out there do you know the reason all, do you know the reason i got over there go on ralph the floor manager couldn't couldn't make it so so ed robinson for me said listen ralph can't make it we're not taking no talent out he said but if you want to do the floor manager's job i'll get you you can do the sky sports news all week and do that after so i did that's what i did so all week I did my normal job, which is fantastic. And then on Saturday night, then I was running around um, getting fighters into the ring. Ah, oh, what, um, what a star. What a star. So luckily, you would have had a fellow Gary with me, who, who was his job to do it. So he was he was doing most of the stuff. And I just said, listen, you just tell me what to do. Yeah. And um, and I'll try and I'll do it. So hey, it was fun. Barry the yeah. whip. Barry the whip. Hey. Because you know you've had a tough time for a few months. You've got another <laughs> boat. Go and get one in Whip's license, mate. I can have a word with Woody. Everyone, I can get you looked after with every small hall promoter. Barry the Whip is here. Usually, Barry the Whip's a name for a jockey or something. But It's a thankless task, isn't it, Barry? I, I, I did that once on a Black Flash promotion show, and I had to tell Pat Barrett to get a move on and get Zelf in the ring. And it was uh, not, not, a, not a pleasant task, that. <laughs> I think I think Ed used me because I was a boxer, you know, and, and most of the kids there know me, right? Yeah. Especially the undercard for sure. So they were quite good, you know, because I was going in saying they thought they thought I was going in to say good luck, you know, and then and um, and then I'm minute, going, oh, are you feeling? They go, yeah, I feel. I go, oh, ten minutes, and they're going okay. And then I come back and go, you ready? And they're going, you can see them go looking at me going, because all week they've seen me doing the Sky Sports news stuff, and then all of a sudden they're going, yeah, we're re we're ready, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was, but you know what? It was, I didn't. I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it to a fact that because I was in the changing rooms, it really made me miss boxing. I remember I, I walked Medcalf. I walked Ted Cheeseman to the to the to the area, to his area to get him to the stage, and he, we was, we were waiting for for Metcalf to go in the ring, and I just said, Ted, I would swap places with you right now. After seeing the fight, I wouldn't have, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But I, you know, it was all that, that that nervous adrenaline and you know and all that and it just you know it just made me miss boxing, fighting, 
more than ever. It really did. Like so, I'm not sure if I made to the job to be honest, because I'll be. I think if I did two, if I did one or two more jobs, I'd be going there with my gum shield and a pair of shorts on. <laughs> well, you know what? You're a good, you're a very good boxer, and you're a very good pundit and commentator, Barry. As you're going to show us now in um, with, on, on Bell to Bell podcast, uh, six topics, three minutes each round, and if um, you know the rigmarole, Barry, after 180 seconds, if you're still talking, John gets very angry, like you do sometimes. I've seen your angry side. What happens, John? <laughs> <laughs> right. We're far away. Round one, we'll start with you, John. Yeah, let's start with only one place to start, and it's uh, where Barry was last week in Gibraltar. Um, but with Dillian White, not Cheeseman and Metcalf, I don't think we're going to touch on that, but fight of the year, wasn't it? Um, Dillian White, yeah, he got the job done, and thank God he got it done in a manner which means there's no third fight. You know, he, he put that uh, mishap last year behind him, got it done in clinical fashion. Uh, poor Povetkin. I think the COVID was was still in his lungs there. He, he looked shot walking down the ramp, but Dillian can only beat what's in front of him. I just wonder where he is, where he's up to now. Is he in a slightly better position, as weird as it sounds, than last summer? Because with all this toing and throwing with Fury and Joshua, is Dillian in a, a good position to pick up the pieces if that falls apart? Wilder's on the outside now. Wilder needs a comeback name opponent for the money he's going to want. Is Dillian the prime person for that? In a funny way, he's gone around the, the houses doing it, but does he actually find himself in a position now where that big fight he wants might be a little bit closer than it was? I'll just be very brief, so I think it's important to hear Barry's opinion on this. I think he's only slightly better off, and his only immediate chance of a world title fight, and I mean in the next 12 to 12 months, is if Joshua gives him a voluntary, if the Fury fight doesn't come off this summer, which is looking increasingly unlikely to. Yeah, I think the same thing. I just think, you know, for the win, puts him right back up there, of course, but timing is awful for, for Dillian. That's sort of like the, the sort of the headline of his career, awful timing. But it's because he's just not going to get, I can't see where he gets to look in. There's some really good fights out there for him, but yeah, I, I, can, end up, I can end up seeing him fight the winner of Chisora and Parker again. That's, that, that's what you can see being lined up. I can't see, you know, you'd like to see him think he's fight Wilder. So there's, Good fights are there for him. Fights where he's going to earn money, but I can't see him getting a shot off a title anytime soon. Unless you, if, unless you, if, Fury, if Fury does want a, a fight in between, like the rumours of the jungle drums are beating and stuff like that, and Fury does decide to just postpone the Joshua fight, Joshua's going to need, need a good opponent. Is White that man to step in? You know, I'd, I'd just wonder, have opportunity, more opportunities opened up for him since last August? Because Joshua and Fury are pretty much in the same position, aren't they? White has actually put himself right there again, ready to pick up any pieces that fall off the table. Well, that's it, picking up pieces. That you know, and and the the, the crummies and the pick up isn't there isn't that many pieces for him to pick up. I, I just don't see a way back in because also Joshua, if he doesn't fight Fury next, might have Usyk. to fight Usyk or give up the WBO. But as Barry says, there's great fights out there for him. What about I me? Mean, it won't happen. But what about um, Joe Joyce and Dillian White? What a fight that would be. Yeah. It would, and obviously, and the, the, the big one, really, he's, he mentioned about going, wanting to go to American test himself. And, you know, Deontay Wilder, you can't see it. Yeah, that's really yeah. happening. But that's what, what a fight that would be. It'd be fantastic. Either way, whatever whatever in, in store for Dillian, it's a, it's a big fight. I, I think he mentioned that Brian. 
All right, um, round two, 13 days. Um, unlucky or lucky will it be for Frank Warren? There's 13 days from about the 17th of April to the 30th of April when Frank Warren's got fighters in, really important fights. Uh, Liam Williams fights Demetrius Andrade. Denzel Bentley defends his British title against the Commonwealth champion Felix Cash. And then Sonny Edwards in a brilliant world title for IBF flyweight against Maruti Mithilani, who I think has been a world champion for a decade. Now, what a big month that for Frank Warren. He just, you know, and all three of them are winnable fights, but just as much they're fights, but all three could get beaten. Um, uh, you know, in, in, in the results he's had lately, Willie Hutchison getting beat, Daniel Dubois, he's due that change of fortune somewhere. But, you know, the, 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 these three winning could, could, strength, could strengthen him considerably, couldn't they? And then, you know, but also, you know, you could end up two of your top fighters getting beaten in world championship fights. And also Denzel, who, who's getting built up. And the only odds I've seen for any of these fights is Felix Cash, a favourite to beat Denzel. Yeah, I, I, I think it is exactly like that. I think there is a point where they can, three of them can come away with fantastic wins or they could have three losers on this card. I think it, you know, I think that Sonny Edwards is in for a hard night, you know, but he has the abilities all, as well to spin the kid on his head. And Williams is, has looked fantastic. And he really has. He's like a new lease of life. But it's been a, still been at domestic level. And we have to let's not forget that. You know, he boxed up at the world level with Liam, William, with Liam Smith and proved that he, he was good enough to compete at that level. But still... He's looked fantastic at the new weight, but still at the slightly lower level than the world level. So he steps against Andrade, who I still think is a good fighter. But this mystique about he's being avoided makes out that they haven't avoided him because of his talent, though he is a talent. It's because of his markability. I feel that's why I feel he's been he's been avoided because Canelo and Golovkin want to fight each other. Yeah, so yeah, and Felix Cash Denzel Bentley is a really hard one to pick. You, know, you, you favor maybe Cash because of his Again, he's boxed at a higher level for a little bit longer. His ability, he's he got lovely boxing skills. But Bentley showed he can, he's not just a puncher, he can box as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a it's a massive month for him because I think, you know, he needs, I think, you know, Frank right now needs a few of those to get a few wins there, there for top of the bills, I think. And if he gets it, then yeah, there's some good good fights in the future for him. Yeah, it's, it's really important, isn't it? You know, looking over the last year, the, people, the fighters who've lost were the ticket for the top of the bill guys. People like Lyndon. Lyndon's so talented, but he's not a ticket seller yet. Denzel maybe broke through, didn't he? Denzel became popular. If Denzel was to lose to Cash, then you, you're really struggling, aren't you? You're waiting, and there's a big gap between the guys like Bentley and Arthur and the next lot coming through. Barry, your first topic is chase the fight or chase the belts. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, with... with... You know, there's, we're always constantly moaning about belts and too many belts, and you know the WBC are having a, a, like the WBA now having more belts than ever. Ironically, the two established, more most established organizations are the biggest villains uh, uh, today uh, for that. And it's mainly it's focusing Dillian. Dillian's a great prime example. Do you chase the belts? Because just just say you no, know, Joshua and Fury were to fight once, like say say June for argument's sake, it was not going to happen. Say it did. But then they got a rematch clause, but the belts get fragmented. Does he chase that belt? Because even if he becomes a world champion, you're still thinking Joshua and Fury are one and two. So where's the credence in it? You know, I don't see where it works. And I, I think and I think that more and more now about you know, we always wanted to be a world champion. You're looking for, chasing for that belt, looking for that belt. But 
the pub boxing fans and public don't put that much on the belts anymore. And I think whether do you just chase the fights now? Does it end up going back to oh, you know, we all talk about the good old days, the eighties and, and before that? Does it go back to that where all of a sudden those belts become irrelevant? And I think, and that's what I think maybe you should chase the fights and the fighters rather than chase those belts now because the belts are not as impressive as they used to be. You're the perfect person to answer it, Barry. If if someone had offered you an extra 100,000 quid or your WBO title belt, which, which would you have chosen? Well, at that time, at that time, the belt. Yeah. I, I would have, and I think boxers would know today, but, you know, but looking back, yeah, most definitely the money, you know, could, but, because ambition is should be for the for the forefront. But what I'm saying is no. And it started my generation where belts are being and title opportunities are being chucked around for people who didn't deserve them, maybe. And yeah. and so, well, you know, you have to be honest. So, but no, it's worse than ever. You know, you just you can engineer your way to a title shot without fighting anybody. So, the belts be, don't become that that important. And and you can be a world champion and not be the top five, six, seven, eighth in the world. So, I think you. I think now. There's more importance on chasing the fight, with, uh, you know, against a quality fighter rather than chasing that belt. I, you know what? I look at Dillian now, and he's been chasing that WBC belt. He was thousand days number one. It was criminal that he never got his shot then. But now he's got that revenge over Povetkin, and he's just getting love from people because of that revenge. And you you read what people are saying about Dillian on social media, and even a couple you know reports I've read today. You know he's a guy who goes out there and just wants to excite and have a fight. And I think he's getting a lot of love from that. And if he retired and he never got that world title fight. I'd feel there'd be even more love for him because of how much he put into the sport and the excitement he's delivered. So I think he's just as well ch 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 chasing the fight as much as, as more than anything. John, right, on, four. Yeah, on to the next topic. And one of, the, one of the guys who's gone under the radar at the minute, and I think he might just be the most destructive pound-for-pound -pound puncher in Britain. You know, it's Mark Chamberlain. He got another first-round knockout at weekend. Um, people can say he's doing it at low levels, but a puncher is a puncher. And Mark's stopping guys that don't get stopped, and he's doing it quickly. He's had eight fights, five knockouts, five first-round knockouts. I think he's scored nine knockdowns apart yeah. from that. Um, and it just looks effortless for him. You know, he's, he's quite upright. He's got his hands up high. He doesn't load up, but when he touches people, it looks like they're getting electrocuted. Now, he stopped Jordan Ellison at weekend, who's a good fighter. He'll beat you if you're not on your game. Um, Steve mentioned it before. He made Jordan scream in pain, but shot landed so cleanly to his body. Um, I think Mark's going to get a push now. You know, he's, he's been doing it. And he looks like he's got that, that rare freakish power that can be an equaliser at any point. You know, if he's getting outboxed, he, he might just have that X-factor ability to turn people's lights out. I can't think of a bigger pound-for-pound puncher in Britain at the moment. Yeah, well, I agree with that. Funny, but I'm glad you brought that topic up because I had to speak with Frank Warrenton and he was talking about Mark Chamberlain this morning uh, about, you know, the, the power he's got. But I was thinking of punches and I'll be quick because we obviously need to hear from Barry. What I saw a guy and I, it was the, I've, I've only seen two of his fights, his last one and the one against Joe Fitzpatrick. And, the, and, and he looked a really serious puncher. Gary Cully, which I know you'll know all about. Barry. So I don't know, you know, you think's the hardest puncher around in, in Britain. And, and, you know, and I, I just threw Gary into that mix. I've only seen him twice. I know you've commentated on him often. Yeah, no, yeah, he really can punch. And again, it's, it's another one who's 
he puts a bit more effort in than Chamberlain, I think, but he, he doesn't, he tries not to load up, but he does, he does swing him in. And I do think, I didn't see the Chamberlain fight, I didn't get back to yesterday afternoon, so I got like Fridays and Saturdays of, of the BT shows to watch, but he be interested to see him actually, because Ellison, again, is a, is a guy who's tough, he's been stopped a few times, but you have to work him over. You know, to stop him in a round is, is really impressive. But I, I would just say that obviously he can punch, he obviously got power, and it's not just about the knockouts, it's the knockdowns. That's the thing. People might be looking yeah, to hit the floor because it hurts, but it is early days. You've seen a lot of fighters. Kevin Mitchell turned turn pro as a bit of a puncher. And then as you step to the levels, he become a boxer who can who can punch his weight. So you know, I would just say for Chamberlain's just to just for him to make sure he's still honing on his skills. But what I do like what you said about him, John, is that he doesn't load up. So he's not all power hungry. He knows he can bang and he relaxes with it. And I think that's where the power comes from because he's loose and because he is upright, like a Tommy Hearns type thing. He's upright. He gets that proper turn in the punches and yeah, he looks explosive. And if you can carry it on to a higher level, he's avoided. Round five, Frampton's farewell. Um, Carl Frampton, chance of becoming a freeweight world champion this week against Jamel Herring. Um, Look, it's a big ask for him, but I think the only thing Herring's got that Carl hasn't is the size in his favour. You know, but anyway, but I just think if Carl wins on Saturday night, he loses, he'll retire for sure. But I wouldn't be shocked if he wins on Saturday night, he doesn't defend that title, that he actually retires from boxing and walks away a three-weight world champion. Now, you know, I've got to know, I've always known Carl, I've got to know him a lot more the last two, three years pretty well. Um since he's been with Jamie Moore. And this thing about being Ireland's greatest fighter means so much to him. And he'll become that on Saturday night. If you become a three-weight world champion, the guys he's mixed with, you know, since 2014, just been a procession of world title fights. Hard to think the quick fight was five years ago. I just wouldn't be surprised that he walked away if he wins on Saturday night. Because he'll know, if he, if he, you know, if he defends it, He'll get well paid, and he's sorted financially. I'm I'm convinced of that. He'll end up having to go to America and fight a Shakur Stevenson, and I think he, even knowing his own mind, how much, how big an ass that that is fighting a, a you know a Shakur Stevenson. I just have this hunch he'll walk away the undefeated super featherweight champion of the world if he wins this weekend in Dubai. I think it would it would be a good idea. I do think I, I I thought he was too small for featherweight, and he and he and he happily and I'm glad he proved me wrong. But the super featherweight, Heron's massive super featherweight, but Carl's a small super featherweight, and Heron's not great, but he's pretty good. So you you Frampton's in with a chance. I, I think it's a hard ask though still for him because of the size and the strength and everything else, because he can intimidate you with the movements like he would at a lower weight, and that's so that's the worry for him. If he loses, you're right, that's the end of the road for him. If he wins. You'd like to think you walk away, but as much money as you got, you get off to the Shakur Stevenson fight and it's close to seven figures, or it is seven figures, then how do you turn it down, Steve? You don't, and also, your ambition takes over your, your common sense. That's, that's the problem. And you couldn't blame him for that. No. So it's just one more. Just one more. And we've seen that you know, throughout you know, all a lot of top quality fighters. So I think if he wins, and if he, it depends on if he wins in a close hard fight, he packs it in. If he wins in impressive fashion, I think he goes on. Yeah, if, if he wins and does walk away, what a 
what a turnaround, you know, from when you think of a Warrington fight and how downbeat he yeah. was after him. Unbelievable, yeah. It was done, wasn't it? But his career was over. And the way he's done it, the way he's gritted his teeth, fought his way back, and he's to get a world title shot's one thing. If he can win it, it'd be a bit of a fairy tale ending, wouldn't it? I love that. I love him to bits. Just love him. Final round, Barry Jones, where to watch, how to watch. Fire away, Barry. I've seen you know, boxing still everywhere. BT, Sky, Channel 5 sometimes, The Zone, you know, you've got IFL TV, of course, you know, and, and you know, Woody puts on uh, shows on, on, on YouTube and on his on his website and stuff, and I know I've heard this, there might be another app in the making yeah, as well. Is, and yeah. Where does it end? I know, is, is that good or bad for boxing? You know, the fact that it's everywhere is great, but the fact that does it marginalise the audience because you don't know where to find it? You've got to keep paying. You know, you know, it's almost like I just wish everyone would just get together and say, let's put boxing on here. All of us. An app, I don't care. And Warren's doing but let's get out one app, all of us. We all go in and we'll have one big massive app and the boxing goes there and everyone goes to it. It would never happen, of course, but I think too many, I'm the, too many channels showing it. It seems like a great thing, but I think actually it, it sort of breaks the audience up and you choose who, what you're going to watch. And then, and then, we, then we're going to end up getting out what we had for a long time: Warren versus Hearn, Sky versus BT, or Box Nation at the time. You know, and you pick a side, which, yeah, well, which is ridiculous. You want to watch boxing, don't you? But that's that's what it's going to pick, especially financially. You're going to think, well, I can't afford that. I'm only going to watch this. That's crazy that people pick sides. That's always dumb about him. But you know what? I think we're off to see issues. There's another app going to start up soon. Um, you know. You got all, a lot of promoters. Steve, I think Steve Goodwin. I'm not 100. percent I'm pretty sure Steve Goodwin does. Steve Wood, the IFL. Do you do all them MTK shows with Steveman once a week? They're good, good quality. Um, I think you know what this does. It might it, it brings audiences down because because there's so many outlets, TV audiences, TV figures will suffer. And what this could do is drive boxing exclusively to streaming. Because TV, TV figure, what? I'm not getting that. We're only getting that for boxing now. That's because they might be 10,000 down because 5,000 of them watched a stream the night before. And I can't watch boxing every night of the week. You know, so I, is- I, I, I just think it's going to point. Everything's pointing towards boxing becoming a streaming sport. We, we, what if, if Sky, if Sky, if, if Eddie decides to go with the zone, which, which is possible, possible I don't know. yeah. I might just go, that's it. We're done. Like, do a HBO. We're done. Walk away. You know, I, I think Sky stay around. I, I, that's gone through my mind, but I think they stay around, Barry, while there's pay-per-view and Josh here. I don't know what John's thoughts are on this, but it's, it's a really interesting topic where it's, go, it's going to go. There's certainly going to be too many platforms out there. Well, when there's different platforms as well, it makes the fights harder to make, doesn't it? Yeah, well... Well, you yeah. know, so that's that's yeah. another negative. And when you've got so many platforms, the fights become harder to make. There's less big fights, less people are interested, and it's just diminishing all the time, isn't it? I, I agree. If everything was in one one channel, the fights would be easier to make, more people would watch it, and the viewing figures would be more consistent. But if everything's splintered, everything's split up, they'll never come back together. Yeah, it's funny you said that. Just I'm going slightly off topic here. You said there, John. I was talking to Steve Wood the other day, and he just had a conversation with John Pegg, and he said, 
Because once the small hall boxing, if it gets underway again from September, there's a million and one small hall shows booked by Steve Goodwin, Steve Wood. They're going to be actually every week. And John begs, Pegg's big concern, there's not going to be opponents. There is not going to be enough opponents to go round from September onwards once the small halls are back. And also, when I start at my Legends League, now, you know, we're, we're, all, all those old fighters are going to come back. That's another, there's going to be another channel now with all old fights, like Tyson's and all that, and Glenn McCrory wants to fight somebody. And you know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But yeah, I just think it's, it's, as great as it seems to loads of channels for people to get on a platform, I do think they're going to be, in, in the end, there's so many platforms, it's going to be on a platform nobody's watching. And no, that's... Maybe. Unless they all employ me, which I think is a group, then they're, yeah. they're great. Of course they should employ you. guys. But you know what? <laughs> you know, it just marginalises it and brings numbers down. If you look at going off sport, football, um, they've been showing every Premier League game, um, Sky, BT, BBC. What they've done is fantastic showing all this Premier League for football fans. Um, you can't say a word against them, but... As, as, as it's dragged on on more and more this season, I was reading some of the other day, some of the figures for some of them are, are pretty disappointing for what the production is costing. And that's no, what's no offense, to you, but who's going to watch Aston Villa against Fulham? Hey, exactly. No, I agree. You're not, you're not, you don't have to convince me, John. There, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not this, but I'm saying this is what happened with boxing. Um, that, that there's going to be too many. You know, I think streaming is the future of the sport. There's going to be too many outlets, you know, already now. You know, you've, we've gone through some tonight. Steve Goodwin, Steve Wood, um, MTK through IFL TV, which is, the, you know, of them all, is the most established of the streaming platforms at the moment because it's a regular and they kept going with, through the pandemic. So, you know, it's a go-to place. You know, you just go. Kevin, Kevin Marie, Black Flash. Black Flash, Kevin Marie. You know, there, there's so yeah. many of them. And... You know, there's going to be a new app launch very, very soon. Um, I don't know. And it's going to be a survival of the fittest. And you know what? When you get guys like Steve Goodwin, Steve Steve Wood, they're putting shows out. And maybe it's costing them 10, 12. I don't know what the production is. Say it costs 10 grand. Um, you know, because there's so much boxing on, they've only got 5,000 viewers on YouTube. Is there any point? Because it's not going to bring advertising in, even a tiny bit. I mean, you know, you're not, you don't get big revenue from YouTube, but it's going to bring them absolutely nothing. Um, and I think it's a survival of the fitness. And I think, you know, the only way things sell properly and hard is with names. In any, any industry, names sell. But I, I mentioned something, I think it was on this, but the first time I came on here, I think, and I said about getting if all these the smaller pros all got together and did it, did it themselves you know then that's one it's, it's one more platform but at least they share the cost and they share the and they share the profit but you know it, there's an argument there to who that's my fight this is your fight yeah, that's get more. It, yeah, it, they'll yeah. never work either way box, the more box i can watch the better but if it's on if it's on every single night i'm not going to watch it as you've already said about the football and if it's if i got to go searching all over the place and i confuse the I watch the boxing tonight. I can't remember what channel it's on or what app I got to subscribe to or what YouTube channel I got to type in. Then, in the end, you just go, especially the older, when we get to our age and beyond, you just go, do you know what? I can't be bothered. Yeah. And that's the worry. It okay. becomes a, a, a sport that, that's, that loses its interest because of that. And, and then you only watch the paper, you only watch the pay per views then. Like, will you become well, a casual? Only, as long as you can find uh, Jake Paul on a uh, thriller, you'll be happy, won't you? Well, do you know what? I don't care about that anymore. I put all that to bed. I'm happy. The more, you know, it is what it is. It, you have to just adapt to it. I don't like it. I don't like getting licenses, but you know, if we can get to watch 
a, a quality fight and they've got to go in the undercard of that, I think, no, us, us dinosaurs just got to go, well, it is what yeah. it is. But at least we be a good fight but, and the, on the undercard of some some fool versus, versus some other DJ fool or whatever. I don't know what they, what they, who they are, who they are, what they do. I don't care. But I've learned just that's I don't care. I don't care anymore. I'm like that. Ah, I don't care. Yeah. I just wanna... <laughs> but if, if they have a if they have a world class fight in the undercard, I'll watch that. But this is they don't get you for that because they got dancers on there and singers and so they're bringing an audience for that. So they're not yeah. watching the boxing, tuning in for that. Yeah. And they got and they're probably a bit off into boxing stats. It's 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 a clever concept actually. Yeah. Which, uh, it is. Also, with these streams that are cropping up and the marketing is so important. It's like at the moment, you know, the one you do with MTK IFL TV is a bit of a go-to place because everyone knows it, where to find IFL TV. You, you know, I go on my Apple TV when there's your show. I put yeah. on IFL TV. Um, I put, I'll just sign an MTK and it goes straight to it. And as you're older, like me, like I'm 59 next week. When you can get to something with a click, two buttons or something, two little clicks. Hey, presto! Yeah, I mean John's a bit. John's a lot younger than me. He's a bit more, you know, down with the kids. Don't, I think. Seriously, don't ask me. <laughs> I'm useless. Absolutely John's useless. Down with the kids, I, mate. I worked out how to watch stuff on the TV. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, Barry, you've been a star joining us tonight, mate. Um, even though you're in quarantine, you're only joining us. You've got nothing better to do. And what we'll do in about six, seven weeks. We'll um, we'll get Barry, Barry to whip back in, I think, John, and see what he, he <laughs> rolled at Skies in six, seven weeks. He, so you know, he, he, might, so he I might. I was listening. I was listening and watching. I was walking the dog uh, the other week, and I was listening and watching to to your boss. Your boss was on here, wasn't he? The, the Mr. Wood. <laughs> yeah, Woody was on here the other week. What did you think of um, his opinion of? Uh... Oh, I. I, I <laughs> listen, I want I want to work anywhere uh, somewhere else, so I got no comments. But it was. Uh, I had a massive giggle on my face. It was so funny. <laughs> really, really funny. <laughs> well, I'll tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell him when I when I speak to him the next couple of days. But thanks for joining us, Barry. Enjoy the rest of your quarantine, mate. And um, it was fantastic to see you uh, on the Rolling News Channel last week. And I really mean long may it can continue for you, mate. I mean that. Even though you won't oh. talk to me anymore once you're in that commentary booth with Andy Clark or someone one night, you know. Even though you won't talk to me and John, he'll look past us, John. When we will go into a show one night at the arena, he'll just put his head down and look at his shoes. Yeah, well, we'll have to speak to his assistant. <laughs> Barry, Barry oh. what, we've got seven minutes left here. Just quickly, when you can do stuff like the build-up you did last week where you're in the ring talking tactics and doing stuff like that, what do you prefer? Do you, do you like doing a full week of stuff like that and the interviews? Or is it the, still the commentary that you like? Which is it? Um... I want to do it all. I, I know you get, I don't, for the wages, but you sort of do, if you're doing that, it's great. And I love all that. You're involved all week. It's fun. being away for a week, not, not for your fan, but being involved is brilliant. And then when you go watch the fight, you, you don't mind so much, but then, but it only take a matter of time for you wanting to be ringside again. Yeah. Being a pundit's the best. You've done it, like Steve's done it more than, more than, all, more than me, Steve's been a pundit, but he had all of you as a boxing. So that's, that's, I felt like that was always the best job. Yeah, I but love it. Comedy is great, but it's a bit of pressure. And with a with a pundit, you're still pressure. Of course, you're still got to say the right thing. You're still got to watch the fight. You can watch it and digest the fight a little bit more. It's not an instant reaction. So I prefer. I don't say it's easier, but I just prefer that at times. But the break. I like doing the fight breakdowns. But 
but having time to do them. Sometimes you 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 have to rush them a little bit, but when you have time to break them down, I think I I I, I give you an honest opinion, and I, and I really enjoy that, and that's that's the I could do that. I'd be happy just to do that, to be honest. Like, I, I I really love it. You know, you know what I mean. If that was my full time job, it would be fantastic. Yeah, but you, said, you know, you know what it's like. You've done it, John. You've been on, on, on you were regular on on Stephen's show, and you know, it's you don't realize how, well, how great the job it is until it's yeah. not there. That's what it feels like. For you guys I, more. But I always realize I was only you know what on Friday I was talking to Buncey, Barry, and John, and um, we were talking. I think I always realized how good it was because wherever I've worked, where I've been lucky enough to be on the Daily Sport. The news of the world or Box Nation, I never took ever anything for granted and I savoured every minute. And I was talking to Buncey the other day and those Box Nation days, Barry, you had to be around them to believe it, didn't you, sometimes? You, I got a story. Then middle a story. of the night shows when, when Buncey would walk in at five to two in the morning and no one had any idea where he was because it was like... You know, and John, John was there. They were the days to, you know, there were memories that couldn't be taken away, mate. They, they were the best. They were the best days. I thought my news of the world days would never be beaten. So it was a sensational time there. But Fox Nation did. You'd go in that little room some days. You'd open the door and you wouldn't know you'd be in there. Like, <laughs> it was crazy some days. You know, the names, you'd have eight or nine world famous people just sat in that little room all waiting to do various little bits. It was great. Yeah, it was. Ben's um... uh, used to turn up at like sometimes, like for the, in the middle of the night show, and he and all of and I I get on the sofa and he go, we got a competition tonight, pick your pick your favorite seventies super flyweight or something, and I'd be like, what, 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 the hell? what? And but Lillis would be there with his massive list of fighters, and I'd be like, but it, I was I was talking to Ricky Hatton on the boat on this on this this big massive boat we were on, and um, he mentioned you, Lillis. He said when you were working for the sport. And you, yeah. you phoned and said, you said, listen, just, to, I think he was going to Marbella. He said, listen, just to let you know, they're going to be following you on Marbella. Um, yeah, I told Rick. him, I, 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 I heard a story that he was getting. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So he's gone, he's gone. He, he praised you, actually. Oh, Steve, this was brilliant. I really love you, fella. About that. I tried to turn him off you, but he wouldn't have it. And um, so he, um, and he said, we've seen the bloke. He spotted with us. He's come out with us at like eight o'clock in uh, seven o'clock in the afternoon in the evening. He said, <laughs> "We didn't get home till nine o'clock in the morning." <laughs> he was staying with us all night, falling asleep like this. The bloke trying to catch a picture of him acting a fool, and he just dragged him all around, all around Marbella, just getting absolutely tanked up in my mafty. It was a really. They told the story. Can figure out and tell a story. It was really funny, but yeah, yeah, it was good. Oh, the box station. Box, we, we did this every time we come on, but the box station days were just fantastic. Um, unbelievable. Really were. Yeah, you had to, to be there to believe it some of them nights, you know. You know, <laughs> some real. It was unbelievable. It was um, the best one ever was, uh, I don't think you were there that night. When we used to have the Sauerland shows from Germany. I don't know where you were, Barry, this night. Um, this particular Commentating night. probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you might be. Yeah, you'd have been in the little booth with Rawlin, and it's yeah. come back to us. But at the end of the sale, one of the cameramen, we've got two minutes. One of the cameramen was um, had been doing football. So during the fight, they've gone to sit in the green room, the cameraman, because it just goes over to you and John. So the fight's suddenly over. 
there's no cameraman to be seen, and you can just see my head slipping. Oh. <laughs> I think you were doing the commentary with Stephen. The cameraman was watching Match of the Day in the green room. It's the only place you could you could do that. The guy suddenly come running in. We most places you get the sack. We were just laughing about it. <laughs> Imagine doing that at Sky. <laughs> Oh, boys, you know what? It's been a brilliant uh, 40 minutes. We've gone on a bit a long time tonight with this, but it's been a really entertaining. Uh, anything you want to say, John, or ask Barry before we go? You've got two no, minutes. No, no, I can see the time clicking down there, but I'm sure Barry's got plenty to do in quarantine, so we'll, we'll let him go. <laughs> I've got nothing to do. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's your face. Listen, boys, it's always, it's always great to see you. But every time I see you two on here, like, it just takes me back to the old days, but... It's a pleasure, really is. Uh, you say the old day is making John feel old. No, he, isn't, he definitely isn't talking to you again. <laughs> well, John wasn't shaving back then, was he? Remember, he's coming <laughs> in, his short, in, his, in his short trousers and his satchel. Oh, <laughs> Barry. Barry, we'll get you on again in a month or two, yeah? I'd love yeah, that. Any, anytime, anytime. Thanks a lot, fellas. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, John. And thanks, everyone who's watching listening this week. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.